Hey guys, welcome back to the Effortless Man podcast. My name is Vu, your host, and on this podcast show, we talk about all things that will help to make your life more effortless. We speak to all people of all walks of life, anyone that has an interesting story or an area expertise that we can take a lesson from and implement that into our life to make it better, more fulfilling, more joyful and more effortless. Today's guest is Amy Payton, who is a friend of mine and who I've known for a long time now. And she is the first female on this podcast episode. So if uh, if there's nothing else, that is a super exciting prospect to have. And also what she'll be talking about today is pretty much her vegan journey and also her journey into sustainability and zero or minimal waste living. So we both talk about our vegan experiences, how we both transitioned into the vegan and plant-based diet, also our views and our ethos on veganism and why we're both vegan and many more, I guess, serious things like fears and resistance when we both made the switch into the vegan lifestyle and few of the mental shifts when going vegan overcoming perceived social repercussions. We all talk about other fun stuff like, you know, what our last meal was before the transition to the vegan diet and also Amy will share with you some of her, I guess, weekly vegan staples that she gets every week and also some secret recipes or more specifically a seasoning that she puts onto nearly everything. So stay tuned for that. This will be a two-part series. So the first part will be talking about veganism and sustainability. And the second part will be talking about budgeting and finance and how Amy saved $30,000 house deposit, pretty much not working a full-time job in the last five years. So stay tuned for all the tips, tricks, and hints that me and Amy were discussing particularly around her journey and how she did this all. And yeah, so I'm super excited for this episode. We had so much to talk about that we had to break into two parts. So stay tuned for that and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome to the Effortless Man podcast. On this installment, we have a special guest tonight, Amy Patton. Payton. Payton, damn it. <laughs> Maybe I should have did that off air before. Maybe, actually. <laughs> that's all right, but it's, it's, it's raw, it's real, and that's what we're all about tonight. And I guess to preface, the Effortless Man podcast is all about you know, just bringing people on, anyone who has a story to tell and I guess who has an uh, area of particular interest. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Amy has a story to tell and many particular areas of interest um, that we can talk about today. Yes. 
sometimes too many. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, I guess we'll we'll dive straight into it. One of the, I guess, the common things that we we share is uh, veganism. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Plant-based-ism. Yes, how we met. (laughs) Yes. So, um, maybe, um, I guess, start off by telling us a bit about what set you off on your little vegan journey because I know that everyone's got a, their own little story and their own little triggers and stuff like that. So what, what got Amy started? Hmm, definitely. Well, I started, I became vegan in 2016. So about three and a bit years ago now. When I was younger, I guess I always wanted to be vegetarian or vegan or something like that. Like I knew I wanted to eat less meat. Mm-hmm. and But I was living at home and I didn't really want to burden my mother with a complicated diet, I suppose. So I didn't really want to do anything like that until I moved out. And then in 2016, I found myself living out of home finally, suddenly down the coast at a new job. And I was living in a share house with a coworker and I was like, oh, I suddenly have my life a little bit more together. And I was feeling a little in a rut, I suppose, about my uh, eating habits. Mm-hmm. I was sort of always eating the same thing and it was never particularly healthy, but it was just always the same thing with my meal prep, especially when I was going to work. So one day I thought that I would just mix it up a little bit and I didn't really want to go vegetarian just because I never really ate that much meat to begin with. So I decided that I would just do the whole hog at once and go vegan. Straight away. Yeah, just jump yep. right into it. Some people will say that you should sort of wean yourself off or, you know, take your time into yep. it. And I was like, nah. I'm just going to switch overnight and just jump into it and... Gung ho. Yeah, and I haven't looked back, I guess. Right. Yeah. And uh, was it... Um, you said that you always wanted to, to do it in your mind. Mm-hmm. And what was, I guess, the the reason um, that you had in your mind at the time that you wanted to go vegan or vegetarian? Uh, when I was younger, I was always passionate about, I guess, animals and the environment and mm-hmm. I always knew that I was a bit unsure about the whole eating animals thing because you know having pets and then being like no I'll just eat some other animals though it's fine but yeah I just always wanted to sort of do something a little different in terms of my diet or in terms of the way I lived I guess and then but I was yeah a bit shyer as a younger child I suppose so I didn't really want to rock the boat too much at home or even going out with my friends or anything like that. I was just a bit too bit too unsure about things to do anything like that. But, but you're okay with rocking the boat now? Apparently I am. <laughs> the big vegan boat. Yes, I've matured a bit. So I've sort of decided that I am okay with yep. being the vegan one. <laughs> and was it a big shock because you went into it, so, like I guess, so suddenly initially... I guess it was. Uh, I sort of planned it maybe a week or so in advance that I would sort of crack into my pantry a bit and use up a few of the more non-vegan things. And then one like Monday, I would suddenly stop eating things. So I maybe gave myself a week or two to prepare from the time the idea planted in my head to maybe actually doing it. So it wasn't super like spontaneous. Yeah. It was, yeah, I mentally planned out. I made a lot of lists, like shopping lists and Meal plan You're list. You're a big person with lists. I love you? a good list. So I, you'll hear about that later. I love a good list. So I made a few lists and that sort of made it a little easier to plan things out and feel a bit more organized. 
yeah. my new food. <laughs> nice. And I guess the, the same thing for me was that we, when we went vegan, we pretty much went full steam ahead as well because I was, when I started, I, Bianca ate, I guess, really, really weirdly. She, um, she would eat selected sorts of meat she would, wouldn't eat like stuff like steak or chicken wing or anything like that but she'd eat like salami and sausages <laughs> and that's probably already should tell you that you should be vegan because she's like i want to eat stuff that tastes i guess good but doesn't look like meat yeah a little more like straight up meat like less sturdy or something i guess yeah yeah i guess because that's once again and i think that's the the society that we live in is that People are so disassociated away mm-hmm. from the actual product that they're consuming. Yeah. And I guess some people just are happy to keep it that way, funnily enough. Yeah, that they don't realize that it is actually a cow or it is a pig or something like that. They're just like, oh, no, this is, you know, meat that I'm supposed just, to eat. It's just this bacon. Yeah. Or it's just a, a steak with some fries and salad yeah, on the side. Yeah, it's just part of my meal that I've always eaten and will always continue to eat and just... Not yeah. how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it a scary? Did you have any fear going vegan? I wouldn't say fear. I was more unsure of how people would react, I guess. Like how I said that I was a bit unsure as a younger child. Yeah. So when I was when I went vegan, I was living down in a little coastal town and I was working a job with people I'd only known for maybe a year or so. And I didn't know anyone there who had known me when I was younger which was really interesting. And so I'd been there for about a year and then I suddenly made this big switch to being vegan and I was a bit unsure of how they'd react, especially because the area wasn't particularly uh, trendy or anything like that. It what, was, what area was that? It was a town called Warrnambool. So yes. down the end of the Great Ocean Road. Um, beautiful very, place. Yeah, be- beautiful town. <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely area and very nice people, um, but just not a particularly trendy, you know. Yeah. Vegan town. <laughs> yeah. Were you um, one of your first few friends or the first one that went vegan by any chance? Yeah. But in yeah. most friendship groups, I was. Yeah. I have a few different groups. Um, I When I decided to go vegan, I did turn to one particular friend of mine uh, and I spammed her with a million questions <laughs> about how to do this and what to do and what I should do and how to go vegan and what, should it be worth it. Yeah. So, she was a big help to me and then... But other than that, I didn't know anyone else who was vegan. So, it was a pretty big deal to be that first person. Yeah. Yeah. What was her biggest tip to you that sort of gave you the, I guess, the reassurance that you are not going to be protein deficient, that you're not going to waste away (laughs) and that you're going to live another day? Oh, it was pretty much that I could eat whatever I wanted still, but just in a vegan version and that I could eat, you know, fish and chips or I could eat spaghetti bolognese or lasagna or pasta dishes that I love and they would still be full of nutrition and full of all the nutrients that you need but they just wouldn't have the animal products in them yeah and it was then I was like oh this is actually a thing and even a few years ago it wasn't as prevalent as it is now where all the new products come out but it was still enough that I was like yeah I think I could definitely get away with this we are super sport now aren't we we? it's crazy how much has changed even in the last few years how many new things there are yeah it's uh sort of uh could be a bad thing because like i guess for the people that go oh yeah i'm gonna go vegan because i'm gonna eat healthy and then you find out there's like vegan pizzas and vegan ice cream and yeah and all these 
yeah, these food that you're sort of like, you can eat, but you're like, oh yeah, it's vegan, it should be healthy. Yeah, it's definitely the healthy <laughs> version. You're like, uh, actually, probably not, but yeah, at least there's no animals in it. Exactly. And I think that's the thing for me about the whole animals is that even when I wasn't vegan, I had like a lot of reservation when I was eating meat. Yeah. And I was even like very selective when I was eating meat because obviously training at the time and stuff like that, I'm still training now, but I was very particular like, oh yeah, you know, it has to be like a low fat cut of meat or it can't be like any weird body parts of the animal or something <laughs> like that. But then you think about it now, you're like, it's ridiculous. Like if you're going to eat the animal, like I guess from a minimal waste perspective, like it makes sense to eat all the parts of animal yeah. if you're going to eat an animal. Yes. As opposed to be like, I guess, in this modern age where you're so selective, I only want the breast. Yeah, and then and you only... throw out the other 95% of it. And yeah. Hmm. So, I guess really in terms of sustainability, which we'll go into later, yes. <laughs> um, it's not really a sustainable way to be eating meat if that's what you're doing. Yeah, true. you got to go tip to tail. Yeah. And I'm interested because I, I know, I guess, what it was for me. Did you have like a last supper or last um, non-vegan meal? I don't know if I did, actually. I think it was just like a random weekend and I just suddenly went vegan the next day. Um, I know I really enjoyed seafood when I was non-vegan. So I probably had some sort of like prawn dish or fish and chips or something like that. Um, but I don't think there was any standout like last meal or anything like that that came up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was different. I was, um, I think my last thing was Nutella <laughs> and it was a whole container, right? And I actually took a photo of it because I was like, this is a momentous moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time I'll ever eat Nutella. And you wouldn't believe it, but you know, Nutella container, I actually, um, so much so I went like to the nth degree, I like cut open the whole container <laughs> and like licked it out with my fingers and everything. We and cannot waste any of this. Well, that's it. I was like, this is going to be my last non-vegan, <laughs> I guess, item or food. So I was like, I'm going to make the most of it. So I like licked every like atom of that <laughs> Nutella container. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good stuff though. Nutella is a good one. Mm. Have you found anything close to that or similar to Nutella? I haven't. I know there's a few in Coles that are similar in supermarkets, but uh, if I did want a teller, I'd probably make my own at this stage. Have you? I haven't. I could. I'm thinking about it now. Hazelnuts, cocoa, cocoa, cacao, some sort of milk. <laughs> this is uh, Amy going into her creative yeah. food space right now. Well, I work in a bulk food store, so I could probably buy most of those things there myself. Yeah. Which is handy. Maybe I'll give it a crack one day. Yeah, I actually um, bought some hazelnut um, recently because I just, I don't know, something came over me and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to make my own Nutella hazelnut spread. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> We're um, still on the to-do list. On the to-do list. But I think um, you might have to roast it first or something like that. Yeah, maybe actually get the roast Nutella flavor. Yeah. Mm, kind of like a hummus, but sweet. Mm. Kind of. So, uh, I guess with your vegan diet nowadays, is it pretty, uh, quote unquote, effortless or is it, <laughs> does it still take a bit of effort? It is actually pretty effortless these days. I like go to the supermarket and I don't even think about what I need to buy. I just go, oh, okay, I'll get some fruits and veg, 
maybe a couple frozen things, you know, go through, get some grains and then go to the bulk store, pretty much stock up on everything else I need and that's about it. Like maybe some milk, some, yeah, dairy-free milk and that's about it. Yeah. I don't need to stop myself from going into the meat aisle because I just don't do it anymore. Mm. It's really interesting, even though the plant-based meats are there now, so I have to surprise that. I found that interesting. Oh, it's just a whole other thing. But yeah, so I don't really need to try to stop myself from doing it anymore because it's just second nature. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. I did, I did think about that the other day. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm not even trying this anymore. It's just, I did yeah. do it. <laughs> it's more an effort to like go out and source animal products or... Yeah. Right? Pretty much. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, how do I even buy these things anymore? Yeah. And have you got like, I guess, uh, staples that you go to from week to week that you consistently, you know, it's on the grocery list every week yes. or staple items or staple meals yeah yes so i found myself being quite a carb heavy vegan lately (laughs) so i go through rice and pasta like no other person it's pretty economical as well it is it's great except for when you buy gluten-free pasta from the box store but that's (laughs) a choice i choose to make true it's delicious so uh there's always rice and there's always pasta there's always nutritional yeast Mm -hmm. uh to make my parmesans uh, i saw you had your special perpetual yes my perpetual seasoning, seasoning that goes on tofu and rice usually because it contains nutritional yeast yes, it's like 50 percent nutritional yeast. You maybe so. um is, is it like a uh, like a available is it out there or is it a secret no i think it's essentially out there okay well, post about it well, it's well what is it if it um, is, for the people listening well, it's always a rough idea because I couldn't possibly make a recipe. It's about 50% nutritional yeast. Delicious. So, maybe half of that, so 25% paprika because I love me some paprika. Mm-hmm. Just normal or smoked? Uh, I use the sweet paprika at the moment, yep. but smoked is also fine. Have you tried hot paprika? I haven't, actually. It's just paprika but hot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's just like warmer or, uh, with a bit of chili powder in it. And then it's a little bit of onion powder, sesame seeds, garlic salt, and any other bits and bobs you have really that you want to use up. Like at the moment, I'm using up these fermented seasonings that were sent to me. So I pop a little bit of that in there too. They're a sesame flavor, so they go. Yum. I essentially just sub in anything that I have that I need to use up. But it's just a little seasoning I keep in a jar. I shake it up when I'm done and it lives on rice and when I bake tofu. Yum. I will. um, So good. I started seasoning my rice recently with like herbs and stuff like that, just mainly uh, more on like, I guess, the health aspect of like them being like super high on the antioxidant list. Oh, yeah. So um, it helps to, I guess, mitigate a lot of the, you know, the, I guess, the harmful effects of eating overly cooked food or oily foods and stuff like that and pretty much from the health perspective like herbs and stuff like that is awesome to have to incorporate into your diet as much as possible and even dried herbs um just talking about that which you can get at the bulk food store Mm -hmm. plug (laughs) for very cheap yeah like even dry herbs they don't lose a lot of their nutritional quality Um, they're very comparable to the actual the the raw state Mm -hmm. so yeah um interesting yeah, so um, I've been trying to season my rice and anything I can have seasoning seasoning with. Yeah, get even more nutrition in there. Yeah, yeah. Cause Never you miss ca- an opportunity. You can't have enough nutrition, <laughs> I think. I agree. Can have it's too always much good to have a chocolate, good little... maybe too much calories, but yeah. 
living the world we, we live in can do with a bit more nutrition. This is true. Always. Always. So, <laughs> with your seasoning, what, what do you put it on? What's the main, I guess, stay that um, this seasoning will, will live on? Well, usually the seasoning, I will chop up my tofu that I buy and cube it and then roll it in a seasoning and bake it. Uh, so that's the first thing. That's actually what I designed it for. Do you put any um, oil or coconut oil or anything like that? Nope. No. I actually buy the fried tofu, which is probably unhealthy of me, but it puffs up a lot better in the oven, So, which is why I use Ooh, that one. Okay. But I haven't really bought tofu in the last few months because it comes in that little plastic that I can, oh. never, that I can never reuse or recycle because it's always wet and sticky and gross. Dang, that, yeah. I know, which that makes it kills me. But there is places you can buy tofu in bulk, just off topic. But anyway. Right. So other than that, I will put the seasoning on rice, essentially, or pretty much anything savory that I have. Do you ever do it on pasta? I do, but the flavors lean a little more towards like curry or a... Damn, you should have bought some tonight. <laughs> I should have actually. I'm sure you have the ingredients here. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's not really. My pastas tend to be more of like an Italian flavor and tomatoey. Yeah, tomato, garlicky, basilic. Yeah. Nucci. Yeah. Nucci everywhere. But yeah, it's, I just essentially chuck it on anything. Cool. And I guess um, your boyfriend, Tim, mm-hmm. did you meet him when you were vegan already or. Um, what's to go with that? No, we didn't. I met him probably a year before I went vegan. Right. So we were together for a solid year before I decided to go vegan. But then I up and moved away about three months into our relationship. So we did long distance for quite a while, for a couple of years. Could long you? distance is about 300 Ks. It's not <laughs> a long, long distance, but it was... That's pretty long. Long enough that we didn't see each other regularly. Yeah. So... When I went vegan, I wasn't living near him, so it wasn't a huge inconvenience to him, into quotation marks. Um, but when we did see each other, it did take a little bit of getting used to uh, for him to get used to it. But he actually reads the ingredient list pretty much as soon as he picks something up at the supermarket now to see if I can eat it. Or whenever we go out, the first thing he'll do is look to see if I can eat there, which is very nice of him. Oh. Um, so he, he does look after me quite well with the vegan situation he's very accepting of it and yeah. whenever we go to see his family they're always very good with feeding me and everything like that, that so. that's when you know that uh, you've been accepted into the family yeah. is that when the family caters for, they cater for me <laughs> with my special vegan diet cool and i guess was it a big shock for him when you went vegan because that's always interesting for me is i guess how the other partner sort of reacts it's like what are you betraying me now sort of thing yeah, it was a bit, it was different at first. He was a bit more like, oh, no, you're going to inconvenience, not inconvenience me, but <laughs> it was a little bit like, oh, you're going to make things a bit more difficult now with your veganing. But luckily the world is changing in the way that vegans are, can eat pretty much in any cafe or restaurant pretty well. And at the supermarket, there's not much different. Um, so we cook separate meals at home now which we always did anyway, really, because he eats a little bit differently to the way I do. Mm -hmm. So we never really cooked the same meal. So it doesn't make much difference. But um, he's been, overall, he was quite accepting pretty quickly because I explained to him that I wanted to eat less meat and protect the animals and whatnot. All the good stuff. Yeah, he was very nice about it after a couple of weeks of mild discomfort. But Yeah. Yeah. And look, I guess for the record... 
he enjoys eating vegan food now? Uh, sometimes. He will try some of the food that I make. Yeah. If it's nice. <laughs> sometimes I make things. It, it nice. all looks good, <laughs> by the way. It, I do my best, but I definitely have some fails. But he will try most of the things that I have. He is a bit picky in how he eats, so he won't eat most of it. Yeah. Uh, he's not vegan himself, though, at the moment, but he, yeah, is still accepting of how I cook and yeah. um, he does his best. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess if I haven't already mentioned, Amy owns an Instagram page and her handle is Amy Does Vegan. Yes. Um, has that always been the case has it always been amy does vegan or was it amy does something else amy does something else (laughs) no um no it was always amy does vegan so i really wanted to actually make that instagram when i went vegan because i find instagram a huge like source of inspiration for me and motivation so like i said earlier when i went vegan i didn't really know anyone in person who was doing it or who could help me or could answer my questions. So I jumped on Instagram because I've always been a very visual person. So I've always been a big fan of Instagram. So I jumped on, made my own little account and started posting my meals every day and following a few other accounts and understanding sort of what people would do and where I could go and things I could eat and finding some ideas. And yeah, it's been three years and I still have that account. Yeah, it's good fun. I really enjoy Instagram and sort of, Meeting new people and learning new things and... Well, that's how we met, right? It is. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is. really, really cool. And um, I think that's the thing nowadays is that, you know, with social media, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, you can be on there scrolling through your feed and Mm. feeling miserable and scrolling and scrolling... Or you can, you know, use it for inspiration like you did initially. Definitely. For your area of interest, especially veganism. And mm-hmm. like Instagram's all about the photos. So you see. Yeah. Like, so like, you find the cool people. And I think it's really important to curate the way you have your Instagram as well. So if you don't, if someone does sort of change a bit and start posting things that you're not interested in or that you're a bit unsure about then you can unfollow them and it's okay that you can you sure (laughs) i think it's okay they probably won't come after you with a knife or anything that you can you know unfollow or mute or just you know take a break and not follow them for a bit and see if even if you notice or if it changes your life in any way Mm. yeah that's a really interesting i guess being a big proponent of instagram yourself and you know owning instagram page with thousands of followers i guess how have you curated your following and your followers so to speak i'm i'm interested in that well i follow a whole bunch of different accounts so not just food accounts but i'll follow sort of sustainability accounts budgeting accounts gardening accounts friends of mine like people who don't do any of those but are actually real life friends of mine i probably should follow <laughs> some of them um so my instagram feed is super varied and always keeps me entertained i guess yeah um so i just follow sort of inspirational motivational people who make me feel good and actually inspire me to be a better version of myself yeah with my followers i haven't it's been a while since i really sort of checked too much about that like I keep an eye on it going up and down a bit but yeah I don't really do too much about that I just let them do their thing and if they want to follow me they can and if they don't interact then they can just stay there and they do what they like yeah and I guess for you who seeked solace 
in terms of for knowledge and for guidance at the start via Instagram when you went vegan. Mm-hmm. How did you find that? Like, did you reach out to people and were they responsive? Are the people in the vegan community, do they bite? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They don't eat uh, meat. So, they're pretty chill. Yeah. Um, but no, I found a few really good people early on, I think. And I made like a decent group of actual friends who would actually communicate back and forth properly without like not fake sort of Instagram friendships or anything like that, but like real. Meaningful. Yeah, meaningful discussions and they would really help me and t- like answer my questions and yeah, like my posts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so they, were, they had a good group early on who sort of helped things out and it went from there, I guess. So some of them are mm. still around and some of them are doing bigger things and some of them are doing less things, but yeah, they it was good to have people who I could message if I had questions or who I knew had a similar vibe to me as well. So would go and eat similar food or would go to similar places and I could follow. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess where I'm trying to get at is that if Amy was to go, wasn't vegan, (gasps) but was to go vegan today, what sort of resources do you sort of point people to based on your experience now? I would definitely still say Instagram. Yeah. There's a huge vegan community out there. So it's really a really great place to start. There are some sort of local Melbourne pages that can show you places you can eat. And then there's a couple pages that show you vegan foods in the supermarkets, ones that are accidental or sort of newer things that are coming out as well. Other than that, I think maybe your local bulk food store actually would be a decent place because there's quite often one or two um, staff there who are vegan, even like a health food store or a vegan cafe who you could go and speak to and maybe, you know, see if they have any tips or tricks or products that they could use. Yeah, anywhere that sort of has more of a healthier, more nutritional lean to it, like a local bulk store or a health store or a general grocer like that would definitely have someone who could point you in a better direction as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I find about, you know, uh, just taking a step back about the vegan community is I guess everyone is all about compassion Mm. and part of that is helping each other out, right? Absolutely. Everyone's so kind out there. No one really is negative anymore. So, yeah, just a good bunch of people to be around. (laughs) (laughs) Good bunch of people. So, Yeah. yeah, so I think that's a really cool thing to have nowadays is just a and going back to the whole social media thing is to have that connect, um, you know, in a community that was once upon a time a minority Yeah. that you wouldn't really have, you know, the, the backup and the support that you would, you know, living in a remote town like Warrnambool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you had to reach out, right? Had to jump on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I find that really cool. And I think that would help um, a lot of people as well. So I guess for anyone that's listening right now, mm-hmm. if you want to make that noble jump to a more compassionate, plant-based, healthy <laughs> for your heart, healthy for your soul, healthy for the environment sort of diet, um, I guess, yeah, just take on um, the experience that, you know, Amy and I talked about today and, you know, the things we sort of seek for resources and help. Yeah, definitely. Any questions, definitely hit me up on Instagram. I'm always happy to chat and always answer my messages. So, 
come hang out if you want to. <laughs> yeah, and you obviously got a very, very informative post and, you know, you always share, I guess, how your day is going and how your week, <laughs> which is uh, really cool because, you know, it brings a, a real element mm. to the person. It's not just a page, but it's, it's Amy. Yes. It's a person. I do tend to use Instagram as my journal as well. Um, <laughs> so if you're here for that, feel free to follow along, but... It's nice to have somewhere to put my thoughts as well as, you know, try to offer some sort of actual value to people who follow me. So thoughts on veganism or recipes or whatnot, it's good to have a place that can do both. Yeah. And I think from, you know, uh, knowing you for a while now and following you and I, I, I can see that people do get a lot of value out of your posts because sometimes, you know, they're uh, mental diarrhea. Yeah. Just about what's happening and you know people obviously they, they, they share their thoughts on that or sometimes yeah. it's recipes and stuff like that which is really really cool yeah i think a little while ago i shared a post about gut health as well and i was just posting it to finally post about it because it had been ages and i was like oh my god i need to post about this and the response i got was actually really interesting that a lot of people were having a similar issue and we were just bouncing ideas off each other and i was like oh this is actually like a bigger thing and everyone, a few more people than I expected were resonating with that. And it was actually really interesting to chat to people about it finally after just being sort of more internal about it for a while. Yeah. So it was good to have that community and sort of chat about it with people. Yeah. Even if I didn't know them, but you know. Yeah. And obviously, as you can probably see, like how helpful people are and everyone just wants to see you know, each other thrive and, you know, mm. and, and be well in this world. Definitely. Like, and, th- and that's what I, um, you know, have a gripe against people who are like, damn you vegans, you know, all you want to do is like throw blood on people or like, you know, block the roads and the streets and stuff like that. But I guess deep down inside, they're forgetting that these are compassionate people. Yeah. These people are doing it you know, for a good cause. Yeah, we're just trying to help, really. We just see that the world doesn't need to eat animals and that if we can thrive, then the world can thrive. And especially if more and more people do it, the environment will definitely take a better, have a better time for sure. So we're just trying to help, really, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I think that triggers people sometimes. Do you find that? Yeah, maybe. I haven't had experienced a lot of hate myself on Instagram because I tend to put a fairly positive vibe out there. But I have definitely seen a few activists out there who draw a lot of discussion, um, which is good (laughs) because discussion is helpful and can definitely turn people from the way they are to a different way if they are open to people's point of view, I guess. But yeah, I'm lucky to be followed by kind people most of the time <laughs> but you know what that all comes down to what you're putting out there right mm, definitely so i guess what you're putting out there is what you're receiving back and you know um amy does v- vegan puts out a lot of positive <laughs> stuff you know cool recipes and tips and tricks and in terms of everything yes she does what she can <laughs> <laughs> so i guess to sum it up what would you say that you know, predominantly for the people that's listening now that want to follow you, mm-hmm. um, what, what is your page about? Well, I post about veganism on the odd occasion, I suppose. <laughs> I try to post about veganism in a way that encourages people to look at it in a sustainable way as well, I guess. So if you can 
be vegan, but also not leave too much of an impact. So if you try to reduce your waste, if you try to eat locally, that's three huge ways that you can really look after the planet, I think. So I think I'm going more in that sort of direction these days. Yeah. Whereas earlier I was just vegan, just eating vegan food, but now I'm sort of vegan with an influence of sustainability where I can because it's really, really important at the moment. For for a bigger, bigger cause than just yourself. Yeah, go to look after Mother Nature. (laughs) She needs protecting more than ever. Yeah. And um, I think that's like the perfect segue into <laughs> sustainability. Yay. Which is, I guess, a big thing that you're really jumped on the bandwagon about and something that I really want to understand and learn more about. So mm-hmm. I'll probably have some genuine curious questions to ask mm-hmm. you today. So, yeah, tell me a bit about the, the I guess, the, the Amy that was just eating vegan food and didn't want to hurt the animals to the, veg- <laughs> the vegan Amy now that, I guess, wants to um, see the world left in a better place. Yeah, well, I guess when I started being vegan, I was just interested in trying to get myself on a bandwagon for as long as possible and I sort of just ate whatever I could, obviously. It didn't matter if it came packaged in plastic or if it had been flown across the world from Europe or anywhere like that or if it was organic or fair trade or anything like that. It could just be vegan fruit and I was happy. But now, after following some certain people on Instagram and learning more and reading more and just the way the world is at the moment, the climate is not going in the right direction... I've started to realize that it is more than just being vegan. It's that you need to eat as much local food as possible to reduce those air miles and support the local businesses. Uh, Obviously, eating less meat is something I'm doing already. But the idea is eating less meat, the less animal agriculture we have, the more space there is for plants to grow. And animal agriculture just takes up so much energy, which is doing the world such bad good bad good <laughs> that's a new saying that's a right new there. word so it's just it's not a good way of using the land it's not energy efficient and obviously it's not good for the animals either so yeah the less animal agriculture out there the better but yeah things like that just having more local food less meat just really very important mm. the same thing i asked you about when you went vegan Mm -hmm. i guess what triggered you in terms of sustainability was it one thing a post that you saw or video that you saw that was like damn i need to take a a stance on this no i think it just started being more and more prevalent in my feed where vegans in particular were realizing that eating less meat was a big deal and but then all these sort of reports started coming out about climate change and all these different natural disasters started happening in the last maybe five, ten years, climate change has started rocketing up. Uh, so we really need to get cracking on it now because if we leave it any longer, any kids that we have, any grandkids we have are going to really be facing some severe problems that just we don't even have at the moment, that we can't even think about what would happen, just crazy temperatures and other things like that. Yeah. So we really need to crack into it now. So I never really saw anything in particular that started me on it. It was just more and more people realizing on my feed in Instagram in particular yep. that this is happening and we need to actively do something about it instead of just sort of passively sitting there and being, oh, it's okay. Someone else will do something about it. Yeah. I'll just eat my tofurkey. Yeah, okay. I'll just, I'll be fine. And, you know, 
future generations will just have to deal with it like we're dealing with it but it just it'll just get worse and worse and we have to really really do something about it yeah and i think that's a super super in in alignment with i guess veganism because it's all about taking that proactive approach right yeah it's not just sitting back and be like oh yeah you know what the next generation they'll deal with it it'll be okay but more so it's like hey you know um i've stopped eating animals and i'm doing the world a lot of good but it's just like what more can i do yeah definitely so a huge one is stopping eating animals not just for being vegan and for the animals but because of that agriculture is taking up so much energy and emitting so much carbon into the planet that it's just not a good way of using land so yeah it's a good way to start it but so just on that i guess you mentioned animal agriculture but Mm -hmm. um what's the is that it is that the biggest i guess pressing issue right now when it comes to i guess a greener world um is the animal agriculture or is there something else that's i guess really um affecting the way the climate change and all that sort of stuff yeah it's a really big one the animal agriculture it's one of the single biggest things that we can do to stop uh climate change and sort of reverse the damage that we've done as well another one that is more of a long-term thing is um flying as well so obviously every time a plane goes flies somewhere it emits a huge amount of pollution into the sky and at any point in time there are hundreds and hundreds of planes in the sky and so the less that you use those planes and the less demand there is for those flights the less planes there will be and the less carbon there'll be in the world so i think the really huge thing even with products and things like wanting products from around the world you need to try have that local product instead of the stuff from around the world because there's just less pollution coming from transporting that to you as well as having that so far away yeah so the big thing is i guess the 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 takeaway message is that to limit the flow and effect of pollution Mm. that is caused by getting your food yeah exactly just to have that local thing and that way the pollution that's created is so much less from the transport that happens when getting your food from where it's grown to where you have it. So the more local you buy from farmer's markets, even if you can, the better for sure. Yep. Is that the main, I guess, outlet that you would recommend people to shop and buy locally, farmer's market? Or um, is there, I guess, other known stores or ideas? Yeah, um, definitely. So if you can support the farmer directly as well, obviously they'll receive a higher pay from that because the supermarkets won't take a small amount from them when they shop there but yeah if you can shop at a local farmer's market then you're getting food from a local farmer instead of a farmer that's you know on the other side of the world or the other side of the country that way if you do support a local person that transport isn't going as far as it would and that way there's so much less uh, miles that come with your food and you know it's local it's seasonal it's grown well and you can even ask any questions that you have so if it's organic if it's you know well natured and everything like that it's just a a better way of shopping that way you can just give your money to the the local businesses that are just around that way and also if you can you can buy product that's the least packaged so if you have something that comes in a whole bunch of different packagings um, there has to be a whole bunch of energy that's used to a create those packages and then 
recycle those packages as well if you can or even if they just go into landfill that's just a whole other problem so if you get something from a local farmer's market you can choose to buy what you have is the least packaged and that way uh, you're creating a lot less rubbish and you create a lot less problem in the world and that way it's just a lot less messy yeah so what i took away from that is (laughs) shop locally Mm -hmm. support your local farmers Mm -hmm. And uh, don't buy packaged shit. Yep. Use less waste. <laughs> has that been, um, been, I guess, a big transition for you? This has been a bit of a shock to, to do that? Yeah, I find it's something that I'm really consistently working on all the time. And it's definitely not a linear thing for me is to be zero waste or low waste, as I like to call it, because no one can really be zero waste. Yeah. So... I started realizing that I was actually creating a lot of rubbish with sort of my lifestyle. And so I sort of started looking at how I could reduce my waste. So if you buy food unpackaged, if you buy food in a container that you already have, like a glass jar or a Tupperware container or even like a reusable bag, just something like that that reduces that waste and then doesn't go back into landfill. It's a lot a lot better for the environment and it's also a lot less trash that you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that and just, you know, less packaging and less, I guess, the, the, the more raw the, the, the item that you can get it, the better it is going to be for your health, firstly. Absolutely. Um, and secondly, there's less labor, less mileage, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. that goes into it. And therefore, I guess, just less energy spent on getting the same thing, right? Yeah. The raw of the item, the less it's been processed, the less amount of energy that's gone into making it and processing it, processing it and processing it, putting it in packaging, shipping it out to grocery stores all around the world. So, the less processed it is even the better it is for you and the planet so Mm -hmm. for sure so uh, where did you where did amy start in terms of her sustainability like uh, in in around the house like was there certain items that you were like uh, this is what i'm I'm gonna so i guess start changing over or immediately or something like that yeah i think a couple main things are the kitchen and then the bathroom so obviously i'm quite a, a food foodie like a food-based person yeah i love my food so i really started in the kitchen so i started shopping in a bulk food store which you've heard me mention a couple times now Mm -hmm. um so a bulk food store is where you can essentially buy things like pasta grains rice nuts dried fruit and even chocolate and things like that in bulk obviously Uh, So you can buy as much or as little as you like and then usually you can buy it in a paper bag that the store supplies or you can purchase it in your own containers, Mm -hmm. which if you purchase it in your own containers, eliminates that packaging of what you would have bought otherwise in a supermarket, either in a big bag. And it also eliminates the potential food waste that you could have made because if you only buy what you need, then there's no chance of wastage. So if you only buy a cup of flour that you need for the recipe, then there's no chance that the rest of it will just sit in the cupboard and probably go off or anything like that. So you just buy what you need when you need it and that way the wastage and even the packaging is just so much more minimized. It's just a a lot better way to buy things, I reckon. Yeah, what a beautiful and noble way of life, Yeah, I think. It feels really simple too. Like it's just a nice sort of calming way of going into the bulk store, going around, getting your containers filling them up and it's just like it's even a beautiful way to look at things like it just looks better it feels better 
you don't have that rubbish coming out when you like just filling up your bin and even your pantry just looks better i think yeah i i can uh you know i can do with some pantry cleanup and looking <laughs> better because i'm a big aesthetic person when it comes to the to the kitchen and that sort of stuff so yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if we um, mentioned already, but Amy, you work at the bulk food store. Yes. Did we mention that? I can't remember. We might have dropped a hint at that, but I started <laughs> shopping at the bulk food store and then I eventually ended up working at the bulk food store. That tends to be the case. I know. I think <laughs> it's good to work somewhere you're passionate about as well. So, when that opportunity came up, I did jump at it quite quickly and I was very, very excited to start that chapter, which yep. is good. So you you know you're more so in a role now where you're educating people as well. Yeah, so we're our store is a newer store. Um, we're in an area that is probably not so much known for being environmentally friendly or being educated on that sort of thing. So a lot of people who do come into our store, they sort of look at it like, oh my goodness, what is this? Like, what is happening here? And so we do need to sort of explain it to them and say, hey, this is a store where you can buy as much as you need instead of the whole like crazy amount of one kilo packaging and everything. You can just buy what you need when you need it. You can bring your containers in and fill them up. And that way you don't create that packaging and that waste. And they're usually most of the time they're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, this is such an interesting clever way of living and i'm like yeah isn't it it's actually really smart i didn't think of it myself but i will agree with you that it is actually a very good idea yeah and so we do have quite a few converts now that nice happily come in and bring their jars every week and fill up a few things and have sort of made the swap to a few of our cleaning products as well or like sort of bulk peanut butter or some of the more like eclectic things we sell yeah so, yeah, it's really good to see that the story is actually doing some good and like really getting out there and getting some people involved in the idea of the lower waste movement. Excellent. And I, I'm a bit ashamed to say, but I actually um, messaged you on Instagram. I was like, <laughs> hey, you know, you work at the bulk food store. How does it work? <laughs> I was like genuinely confused because I, I guess I've never been to one before. So, I, in terms of how to like um conduct yourself i was like what do you do do <laughs> you just do go, do? go there with your bare hands and just pick up whatever <laughs> so um maybe is even like as a you know educational you know 101 for people right yeah. now do you mind going through in terms of how of a person go to the bulk food store and purchase their goods sure well uh, I always tell people that when they come in we have a couple options for them so we either have the paper bags that they can grab so we have a few different sizes as well. So the smaller ones to the larger ones. So they can put as much or as little as they want in those paper bags. So there are price guides of per 100 grams or per kilo, but they don't have to purchase 100 grams. They can just grab a teaspoon of something or a smidge of something or, you know, one piece of chocolate if they just want to try, Yeah. Uh, which is great, which is really helpful. And then all they need to do is grab, usually there's a little code on each item. So below the name of the product in our store uh, so if they can grab that code and that helps us check them out quicker but if they don't then it's not the end of the world yeah otherwise if they want to level up in their bulk food shopping <laughs> they can grab their jars and their tupperware containers and their mesh bags and things from home uh, they can bring them into us and we just weigh them at our scale before they start we just like to weigh it because 
it makes it a bit easier for us to know the exact weight as opposed to maybe they've got their scales slightly teared wrong at home or something like that. We just know that they're the yep. right weight. And that way it's fair as well. Yep, exactly. So we don't overcharge or undercharge that way. Um, we just grab the weight and then they pop the code on their jar as well. They fill it up and we deduct that weight at the end. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't cost them anything else and they haven't created any rubbish. And yeah, so they can also bring in things like bottles for cooking liquids. So things like oils or honey or anything like that or also yep. cleaning liquids. So things like shampoo and conditioner or dishwashing detergent. Yeah. Yeah. So that way we just they we need to know the volume of those bottles. But other than that, Excellent. it's pretty... Pretty easy. And we're always happy to help. So Yeah. Amy's always help, happy to help. Oh, yeah. I love a chat in the bulk food store. <laughs> I love having chats about lentils or Should have seen, um, <laughs> I guess, the reply Amy gave me. It was pretty in detail. It was pretty long. <laughs> so, I was like, look, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that. And um, I'll have to make a trip down to your bulk food store yep. and see you in person. Come hang out. Yeah. We're pretty fun. <laughs> um, I, I actually um, didn't know that you can get like, I guess... The concept in my head, I was always thought maybe like nuts and seeds and grains and yeah. stuff like that, but I didn't know that, um, there was like liquid as well, which is really cool. Yeah, so we do have quite a lot of extra things that people don't really notice because they're busy looking in the bins, the bulk food bins and everything like that. Yep. We have lots of really cool things like we have cooking oils, so all kinds of oils like olive oil, sunflower seed oil, sesame oil, um, things like tahini, even balsamic vinegar, um, yep. white vinegar that you could use for cooking. Even things like peanut butter, almond butter, um, kombucha, like loose leaf tea, all kinds of cool stuff that I like to point out because I know people miss them all the time. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah. So, you don't have to, I guess, sacrifice anything by going vegan, by going low waste. (laughs) You pretty much have it all, right? It's all in the bulk food store. It's real fun. So, come hang out. Come hang out. (laughs) And um, the people, they've, I guess, they've warmed to it. They, what's the, the perception like being from people, especially people who have never been to the bulk food store before? Have they, I guess, bought into the, the concept? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's always a few different demographics that come into our store. So I know a few sort of understand it a lot more. We get a, quite a lot of um, older ladies sort of in the grandma range i guess and they always say oh this is how we used to shop when we were younger and they come in and they're so happy because this is how they used to do it and they're just oh i can't believe you're back and i'm like yep this is how we're doing it again now (laughs) otherwise we get sort of young mums come in and they find all our snacks that we have for kids and great like little protein balls and things and they're really on that so and then they sort of slowly come around to the whole zero waste idea Otherwise, we have we have the occasional sort of older gentlemen who come in and sort of give us a very confused, almost angry look and then keep wandering past. And like, okay, maybe you're not our type of person. Not right now, maybe. No, but we'll definitely get you eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find the chocolate and you'll be sold. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. With that in mind, let's just recap or go over any, any additional tips you may have. So if someone wants to, you know, go the sustainable lifestyle where would you suggest they start well uh, i think it would be good to start with yourself first so don't make any huge steps just maybe start with one thing at a time so maybe try cut out plastic from your bread to start with so maybe start buying bread in like a bread bag and then once you're comfortable with that maybe make the switch to shopping with your bulk containers so then you've got a few different areas of your kitchen sorted 
then maybe make the switch to like a new a bulk cleaning liquid a sustainable you know dish scrubber instead of a plastic one you could buy one made out of coconut or bamboo uh, and then just make the small small steps and then once you're comfortable with them make some bigger steps and then once you're comfortable just keep making bigger steps until you are very changed yeah and then once you've made changes with yourself then you can start sort of getting further out i guess and then maybe trying to affect your family or your workplace or you know your friendship group and then make bigger changes that way once you're comfortable with what you're doing yeah then sort of make a bigger change around you yeah yeah and i think that's all about it's all about living the values first yourself Mm -hmm. right is like practicing what you preach yeah pretty much so you need to understand what you're doing so when people ask you all the tricky questions that you do sort of have an answer to yeah Or, or how you do it yeah, yeah they might ask you know, how you might do that. And yeah, and you'd be like, oh, I actually know that because I have done it myself for a little while and yeah. I'm comfortable with explaining it to people. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, I guess, to the point of what Amy is saying is that just do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to make this big, big radical change and like, I guess, you know, there there is like, you know, uh, no utopia and it's all about the minimal thing mm. that you can do one step at a time. Yep. And the most important thing is making it your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that end of the day is, once again, making it effortless. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right? Very important. So, just once you're accustomed to how you are sort of existing then you can just really get used to it and just it just becomes second nature all of a sudden like effortless yes (laughs) i'll keep saying that word it's very important (laughs) to recap you know uh shop locally Mm -hmm. uh buy your stuff in bulk Mm -hmm. bring your own containers you can you'll get extra brownie points from the staff working (laughs) behind the desk yeah um minimize your packaging Mm mm-hmm Start off small, yes. One thing at a time. Yep. Don't make any radical changes. Try yep. to go out there and change the world or anything like that. Just yet, mm-hmm. exactly. You can, you know, uh, reduce your animal intake. Definitely. Don't have to cut it out totally. No, even to just start. a few meat-free days a week, one or two. Just any change is better than nothing. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Please stay tuned for the second part, which is on budgeting and finance. So don't go away just yet. The next one will be released next week. And finally, if you haven't done already, please go to the iTunes or Google Store, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast on and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. And secondly, that will enter you automatically into the competition that we're running, which is for 30 days and it will end on the 23rd of November and the winner will get a 60-minute Skype slash video call consultation with myself at the value $200, pretty much to talk about and ask me anything that you want, any topics that we covered already, anything that you need my advice or my two cent on. Uh, you will go in an automatic draw for that prize. So don't forget to do that. I will really, really appreciate from the bottom of my heart as always. And I will catch you on part two of this episode next week. Ta-ta.